welcome to another edition of the Forks Down Podcast. Your one-stop shop for anything and everything surrounding the Seattle Mariners baseball team. My name is Rick Clark, and with me, as always, the guy who introduced me to Paps Blue Ribbon Beer, Mr. Bo Chisholm. Bo, how's it going tonight? Man, it's going it's going very well here tonight at the house. Um, just had some very good Mexican food. Um, baseball season is in full force. Bought myself some baseball cards. I've been sifting through that. Made you jealous with Mike Cole Young. So really, think yeah, things I, are things are doing well here. How's uh, how's life in Idaho? Uh, it keeps dropping snow. Abby and I were out a couple hours ago. Uh, throwing snow so uh, the snow plow can hit it for us. <laughs> um, but yeah, other than the uh, the snow we don't want, it's going good. Um, Abby and I's anniversary today, as well as, you know, I have to mention it because I was the idiot that forgot. It's also your birthday on the day we shoot. So happy birthday, you know. Thank you. And uh, yeah, no problem. You What are you? 23 24 yeah now? somewhere in there about to get about 23 24 so, about to get called up to the majors yeah that's the yeah that age right that, there yep that's that's how old i am yep. yeah that's that's what i figured that's that's what i think it was yeah, yeah. so no but it's going good and uh you know good today to have a day off today because you know i gotta watch the spring training game that we ended up losing but um yeah so before we get into everything I want to thank everyone for taking time to come back and listen to the Forks Down podcast. All our returning listeners, welcome back. First time listeners, hey, thank you for choosing the Forks Down podcast. You know, uh, hopefully it's your new home for Mariners Talk. I think Bo and I do a pretty good job every week of, uh, you know, at least spicing it up a little bit, bit, talking about, you know, not just the Mariners, but a little bit outside of the Mariners, you know, trying to hit on stuff, you know, that happens in the MLB and actually you know, as for today, the World Baseball Classic. So um, if you haven't already, go hit up our social media pages. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, search Forks Down Podcast. You can also hit like and subscribe on your podcast listening app, whatever you're listening on right now. Um, that could be Anchor, that could be Apple, you know, all those all those different ones. You know, we're finding out every day that we're on more and more podcast listening apps. But, you know, whatever you're listening on, you know, hit like, subscribe, um, maybe give us five stars. You know, it's not for our ego, but, um, you know, it'll help get us up the viewing chart. So maybe we get some uh, some more listens. So um, now with all that being said, um, what do you want to start on today, Bill? You want to go MLB news? I mean, there wasn't much MLB news, but I feel like we should probably start on MLB news because last week we talked about Manny Machado and... Um, and, the, and, the, and, the, and then extended. five hours later he extended. Um, yeah, no, it's, yes, uh, was... yeah, it's, um, it's kind of, sh- it's kind I don't want to say it's shocking, but it's like the Padres just have some, I don't know, endless, uh, endless money supply apparently. Cause now they've got Machado. They have, um, they have Tatis. They obviously just signed Xander Bogarts. Like, uh, they're going to be good for a long time and they've just put the money and the resources to do that. So, I mean, kudos to them. Like, I mean, they're going to be, they're going to be pretty good for a long time. And, um, yeah, yeah. I, uh, I feel like it was, uh, it was a good move to make. Yep. Nah, I, f- I find it kind of wild 
that they're able to do this because they are considered a mid-market team. You know, they're, I would I would classify them as in the same boat as the Mariners, but obviously their owner's coming out, dishing out some cash. A.J. Pruler is uh, coming out and, and doing a real job, uh, real good job convincing guys to come to San Diego, you know, where they're trying to build a, you know, hopefully a World Series type ball club. So, um, you know, it's kind of been that way too in the NL West for the last, you know, few years. You know, you got the Dodgers and then, you know, it kind of cycles through, you know, you got the Giants every couple of years that come up and have a, you know, 90 to 100 win team. You've got the Rockies, you know, they'll once in a while pull a A's and surprise you and be contending for a wild card. And then the Diamondbacks, um, you know, honestly, in my mind, probably have one of the um, most talented teams, you know, in, in terms of youth, mm-hmm. you know, um, they really made some good, uh, some good trades and, and drafted well, you know, getting guys like Drew Jones, stuff like that. Um, so, you know, I, I think the Diamondbacks are still probably a couple years off from being, you know, a playoff team, you know, maybe three to five, but um, you know, that, that NL West is stacked. So um, good on the Padres to extend them. You know, I just thought we should bring it up first. Cause it, it's kind of funny that the, uh, we said that last week and then, like you said, five hours later, he was extended. So well, I mean, I yeah. I felt pretty confident when we were talking about it because I was like, they're also but, they're also supposed yeah. to potentially be in like an Otani sweepstakes in a couple. I mean, it might be a couple months if they try to trade for him, but like, they're also supposed to be in on that. Mm-hmm. So like, maybe they're maybe they're striking where the iron is hot, right? They uh, see an opening with the Dodgers mm-hmm. not spending a whole lot this off season and <clears throat> them, you know, beating the Dodgers last year. So. Who knows? Who knows what yep. all they are, uh, what they're going for, but, uh, exciting for the fan base and, um, you know, exciting for, uh, kind of our, you can call them our NL rival or our NL, or as close, mm-hmm. I, I don't know if we'll call it a rival, but, um, you know, they also share the Bureau sports complex. So it's, uh, so it's good for them. Good to see. Yep. Yeah. I mean, we're playing, I think every team this year. So if I had to pick an NL team that they would be probably, most associated with us and being rivals. So, uh, so excited to see them, um, you know, in the regular season. So um, moving on to Mariners notes, um, there wasn't too much in the MLB. Um, Mariners, uh, one of the big injuries that have, has kind of stuck out to us um, so far in spring training has been Tommy Ostella. I think we mentioned it last week. Uh, you know, he got scratched because of soreness, but he really hasn't come back yet. Um, you know, I, I, I really think that that's a bad look on him, you know, especially with, you know, all these guys come up and want to compete for a spot on the main roster. Um, so what, uh, what, what's kind of sticking out, um, to you with Tommy Ostello being gone and, you know, um, maybe you can shed some more light on it because there's gotta be something going on other than soreness. I don't know, you know, what you've seen around the, uh, the Twitterverse or the MLB, you know, in regards to him. Yeah. I mean, what I have, what I have is, um, I mean, re- what I realistically have is just like, he's missing an action at this point. Like he's just yet to appear in a game and kind of just out of, out of it entirely, but I'm stealing this directly from the athletic, but <laughs> the athletic has that, um, Mostella suffered a right arm injury early in camp and has yet to get to a point mm-hmm. where he can get to a cactus league game. Um, I think, I think it sounds like he can't even swing a bat at this point. 
Um, and, uh, yeah, we still have a couple weeks left in camp, but, um, you know, the, I think, you know, the Mariners are, we're, uh, we're a playoff contending team now and, um, Mm -hmm. a bench spot on a team like that is in pretty, uh, pretty high demand. Um, and I just gotta tell you right now, like, I don't think Tommy Lestella is going to make the team if like he can't even swing a bat if he's not even going to be able to get into a game like um i just uh i don't think he's gonna get into i don't think he's even gonna make the team and i think the mariners did give him Mm -hmm. a guaranteed contract so good on him for making the money and not even making the team but um i think that what that realistically talks about is that opens up a roster spot right i think we've we've kind of been talking about this roster for a little while and everybody kind of seemed well set in place including tom milistella but um, I think that absolutely opens the door for um, somebody else. Somebody else we've been seeing in camp, you know, um, do pretty well to kind of make the team. But um, I uh, mm-hmm. don't think Thomas Stell is going to be there unless we get some news here pretty surely that he's ready to go. I just don't know if he's going to be on there. So, Yeah. And I, again, just watching spring training, a lot of these guys are coming out and competing their butts off to try to make this, this roster, you know, we're going to go over some spring training notes in a bit, but I mean, just off the top of the head, Evan White's out there competing, hitting home runs, playing good defense. Cooper Hummel is just whacking the crap out of the ball, um, you know, hitting dingers. Um, Colin Moran, Mike Ford, they're both on the team competing. Cade Marlowe had a home run today. You know, we're shooting on Monday. Um, and then Cole, Cole Calhoun and uh, Keen Wong, you know, they're they're all out there competing. I, I think you're, uh, you're spot on. Tommy Lastella might not make this team. So, and it kind of sucks because you said he, we've got a guaranteed contract. So what's going to happen is we're going to release him and the next team that's going to pick him up, we're going to be paying him basically to go play for that team, you know? Um, so it just is what it is, but you know, I, I was hoping a little bit better for Listella, you know, get back to his, uh, his former all-star roots, but Hey, if guys like Cooper Hummer are going to come in and, you know, potentially hit 20 home runs or, um, you know, Evan White come and play gold glove defense and at least hit 250, you know, I'm okay with that. Yep. Yep. And, uh, I mean, those are kind of the main mayor's notes. I think we'll talk a little bit more, I think in depth about kind of individual players there, but I think we've, I think we've run down the list. You ran down it pretty well. Evan White, Cooper Hummel, Colin Moran, Mike Ford, Cade Marlowe, Cole Calhoun, and Keen Wong. These kind of seem like the guys um, that might get that roster spot, mm-hmm. unless there's anybody that I'm immediately forgetting. But, um, yeah, I don't know. We'll see how things progress, and I think we'll dive a little bit deeper into kind of all those individual players here after uh, kind of get through the notes here. So, Yep. yep. Uh, the last little thing we had for notes this week, um, and actually just released today on Monday, um, the top 30 – Prospects for every team uh, list got released, and obviously the Mariners, um, you know, we were, we were kind of wondering for their list to pop up to see where they kind of had everyone. Um, I, I, I'm i going to run through the top five real quickly, and I, I feel like this is pretty accurate for, um, you know, what we were expecting. They got Harry Ford number one. I, I don't have any complaints with that. Bryce Miller number two. Cole Young number three. Emerson Hancock number four. And then I can't say his last name or his first name, but Celestine, Feline Celestine, I think it is. Um, He's number five. Um, And then, you know, 
that goes obviously to 30. We've got Cade Marlowe, 16. Uh, Bo's favorite, Laz Montez, 13. Prelander, Barua, 14. Um, you know, so uh, pretty pretty extensive list. I think we're a little bit, um, you know, not as deep um, prospect-wise, but um, the top five, I'm really excited to, you know, see in the future in a Mariners uniform if they get there. You know, that's one of the things we were talking about before we hopped on this call, but yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, <clears throat> is there any player on here that, um, I know you were well, before, I know you were a big Emerson Hancock fan. I'm kind of like comparing lists going back and forth and Emerson Hancock has kind of a little bit of a wide range. Well, I guess nah, maybe that's not the best way to put that, but like Emerson Hancock, like baseball perspectives had him at two, um, baseball mm-hmm. America had him right at five. Um, I know you were a fan like this. So, He's probably in that area. I think Harry Ford, Cole Young, Bryce Miller's kind of consensus. I think one, two, three there. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, um, Walter Ford's my guy. I'm interested to see uh, see how his career progresses. I think high school arms are always a little more volatile than others. So um, he's a guy that I'm uh, that I'm super curious to follow. Um, and I think Brian Wu um, is the guy that Jerry kind of talks about all the time as something that's a little under the radar. Um, and you know, we might see him make a jump this year. So, um, I think there's going to be a lot of good things to follow with this, uh, with this prospect list, but, um, yeah, anybody on this list that, um, you're really interested in following, maybe we can get maybe like an Emerson when he gets closer to being debuted or, you know, anybody like that. Uh, you know, you said Walter Ford, who's at number eight. Um, I'm kind of intrigued by, no, uh, Taylor, Taylor Dollard still. He dropped to number nine. I think he was, wasn't he top five last year, or did he come out of nowhere and this is his first, first crack at the top thirty prospects? Um, so I think he jumped year? quite a bit. I think T- Taylor Maybe. Dollard, yeah. Well, he was number, yeah, he was number seven last year. Um, so, but yes, I mean, so. the Mariners have kind of added more into the farm system since then. So he's kind of been around. Yeah. So around that same spot. Yep. Yeah. I don't know. I'm, I'm just interested to see because last year it seemed like you couldn't talk about Emerson Hancock without talking about Taylor mm-hmm. Dollard, you know, down there at double A in Arkansas. And now we've got Bryce Miller, you know, who, uh, he's kind of shot up the charts and, uh, for, for pretty good reason. He's got some uh some filthy stuff and and we're going to talk about that when we go over spring training notes because he was out in a spring training outing uh a couple days ago but um yeah taylor dollard is kind of kind of the guy i'm watching um the other names you know uh obviously pearl lander in what was it the first spring training game looked pretty good um so um him being 14 i thought he'd be probably top 10 but again not going to complain with him being 14. Um, and then uh, the last guy here, he was protected on the 40 man um, is Isaiah Campbell, you know, and he, he has a projection date on here, ETA um, uh, 2023. So um, he should be, you know, in line to make the roster in the next year or two. Um, but he's, he's number 17. So uh, it's kind of interesting to see, you know, that we protected him, but he's still kind of low on our prospects mm. list, you know. So obviously, um, Jerry and, and Justin probably see something out of him, you know that uh, that you know we're probably not seeing or the rest of the MLB. 
and hopefully he comes up and you know does pretty well you know i out of the bullpen so yeah, agreed yeah yeah i uh i do know jonathan class a or jonathan class a is number 12 and uh at the guy's speed is unreal i feel like watching watching some of these games and having him run up the first baseline is uh pretty impressive so um Mm-hmm. I think Sky's also the limit for him. Um, but uh I think he I think he sits right behind Harry Ford. They, they on this list to get to this list they were talking about like Mariners uh and like their mm-hmm. tools and I think Harry Ford had top tier speed, but they also had class A in parentheses because I think he was graded the same. I think it was eighty speed or yeah. something. So, you know. Both those guys, and it's funny because Harry Ford's a catcher, you know, and he's got right, that speed. Yeah. So, you know, we're going to talk about him too in a little bit, you know, because because he's going to be in the World Baseball Classic. But you know, we're teasing all this stuff, but we'll get there in due time. So, yeah. So, Bo, let's let's hop into some spring training notes because uh, I know you've been watching a little bit. I've been trying to uh, catch a game or two um, after it happens. You know, um, it's, it's kind of hard with the Mariners broadcast schedule. Hasn't been the greatest. They don't show every game. Um, I think so far they've shown two or three. And then uh, a lot of the games, like today's game, like, and, and I told you this before we started, I had to watch the Cubs broadcast for today's game. That was terrible. Like the announcers were fine, but the uh, the camera work in that game was shoddy at best. So... Um, you know, I've been trying to catch them as we go, but you have been catching them and you've got a full list of notes of what you've been seeing. Um, you know, hit me with some of the stuff you've been seeing, you know, from our, our guys that are probably more locked in than other players. Yeah. I guess just on that note, I feel like, uh, the, the spring, the spring training camera guys are just kind of in spring training too, shaking things off because it's been, it's been kind of odd the whole entire time, but that's just a separate, like there's been a couple games where this kid, the guys have just been like all over the place, but separate thing entirely. So let's dive into it here. And, um, <clears throat> you know, I guess I don't want to make this the Jared Kalenic show. Cause like we've discussed, we discuss him all the time, but I feel like he's demanding our attention right now. Um, and I feel like that's kind of where you need to start. And um, the the guy's on fire right now. Um, four home runs in spring training. I believe that does lead the Cactus League, if I remember correctly. Um, but uh, the I think the thing that's sticking out to me is like he's doing it against good opponents, right? Um Mm-hmm. I think uh, baseball reference now has spring training data up. And if you go to baseball reference, um, they have a stat called opponent quality on there where they're basically measuring, um, you know, who each batter is facing and they kind of give more weight depending upon if you're facing like a triple a pitcher or a double a pitcher or MLB pitcher. And the opponent quality mm-hmm. for Jared Kalenic right now is the highest on the team. Um, and he mm-hmm. is hitting 412 with, uh, you know, a 1.5 on, on base plus on blaze plus slugging. Like the guy is just on fire right now. And, um, he has the highest opponent quality, 8.4 on the team, like I said. And, um, I was super impressed with him and the hit that he got, uh, got off of Devin Williams, one of the good closers in the game the other day. And I just don't know if there's enough good things to say about him right now. 
And um, I think the big question obviously we'll have is just, can he sustain this? Can he keep it going forward? Um, and I've heard, I've heard a theory out there about maybe why he's, uh, why he's succeeding in a little bit of this, which I'll save, which I'll just pocket for right now. Cause we'll, we'll want to touch the base on what it'll make you, it'll make you, it'll make you upset what I'm about to say. But anyways, what do you think about Jared Kalenic so far? And, um, I think the real question I'm going to ask you, Rick Clark is, do you believe, are you a believer? Is this, is this it? Are we seeing it? Is it here now? Tell me, tell me, let me know. I am I am going to believe this season one more time. I uh I think Taylor Trammell getting hurt was uh the best thing that could happen for Kalenic. Um well, I wouldn't say the best thing because he's still going out there competing. I'm sure he'd be competing just as much as Taylor Trammell was there and competing for that job as well, but competing for job like at bats um but I I don't think we can ask for much more than what um, Kalenic's been doing in spring training. He uh, He's hitting lights out, playing good defense. Um, you know, Julio's gone to the World Baseball Classic now. He's going to get some time in center, you know, so he's going to show us, you know, not only can he play left, but, you know, he can spell Julio in center if something wants to happen, you know. Um, so I, I, I can't sing his praise enough. I got to taper my expectations because it is spring training. And I mean, he is hitting against a lot of MLB level talent, but um, you know, this is, this is a step in the right direction. This is, this is the Kelnick we want to see. This is the Kelnick that's going to get us, help us in the playoffs when we make the playoffs this next season, you know? Yep. So um, it's, it's good to see. I'm going to be a believer one more time, I feel like a, a drug addict. Just, just this last one, but um, you know he is—he's playing lights out. I can't ask for more. Yeah, if I'm if I'm gonna nitpick, which uh, which I, I ruin everything, I'll nitpick and say like he hasn't he hasn't drawn a walk yet in spring training. So mm-hmm. I uh, I might nitpick a little bit to say like uh, um, I I I, I kind of wish he would probably just. I don't know if he is going to be a power hitter, right? I would like to see a little bit more, maybe pitch selection there and kind of work counts a little bit more to kind of get those walks. But um, I'll take four home runs any day of the week. So um, I, I, I complained last year, you know, especially after the playoffs, you got to swing the bat. You got to swing the bat. And every time I've seen him struck out this, like strike out this spring training, he's struck out swinging. So I can't complain on that front because he's taking the the bat off his shoulder. Now, I've only seen him strike out a couple times, so you know it hasn't been a a huge sample size. But from what I'm seeing, I like it. Mm-hmm. You know? Well, let me uh, let me throw out my theory here, and I believe uh, I I could have swore John John Paul Morosi was talking about this. Um, I want to I want I want to try to credit it for real. Um, but, uh, here's the, here's the theory that I think, and let me get your thoughts on it. Um, so John Paul Morosi, and I think there's a couple other people that are thinking that Jared Kalenic now with some changes that are of your favorite changes in the game, um, 
uh, with the pitch clock in place now, Jerry doesn't have a whole lot of time to think anymore. There's not a whole lot of downtime between pitches. There's not, mm-hmm. not a whole lot of time to like, I guess, really overthink, right? And some people are believing that maybe that is part to do with Kaletic, essentially, that he just uh, he has less time to get into his head now. And obviously it's not. Obviously, I don't think that's an exact correlation. I think it's tough. That's a pretty big jump to make in my mind, but I also kind of see maybe a little bit of truth to it. So, um, yeah, so you're you're so so the pitch clock is a good thing. Wouldn't you say so, Rick? Wouldn't you agree? Still don't like it. I still don't like it. But if it's helping clinic out, I I will learn to like it. Because I, I can see why they're making that correlation. He's getting out of his head. He doesn't have that time to go, crap, you know, you know, I, I did this last, you know, the, the last pitch. I need to do this and this. He doesn't have time to do that. He's going to be like, get in the box. Let's just go hit the ball. So maybe, maybe I'll learn to like it in the coming weeks. Like I said, a couple weeks ago, you know, in the coming weeks, I'll start to like it, especially in Jared Kelnick's case or Kelnick's case. But, ah, oh man, I just like that game today was too quick. It was too quick in my mind. Want more of a chess match, but yeah, I see why you make the correlation. That makes sense. Well, again, well, ha- I, I'm going to want some pretty good data on that. I'm going to have to see how other guys like a Torkelson who's had, who had a rough 2022, like, so maybe some other guys to see like before I kind of say, oh, maybe there is something to this before I kind of make a jump there. But yeah, it's interesting to think about anyways. So, um, but let me, uh, I guess we can kind of move on unless you got anything else in Kalenic. But, um, <clears throat> you know, I think just some other quick notes. Um, uh, Mason McCoy um, was a guy who spent, um, you know, all of last year, I believe, at uh, Tacoma um he's having a really nice spring right now um so that's kind of uh kind of on the other note of things right if you're gonna look at kalenic's spring and say oh this might be real you know there are a couple other guys like mason mccoy and mike ford who are also having decent springs so um you know just mm-hmm. keep those in mind while we're while we, you know while we're always looking through spring training stats and what have you there um uh, I put in the notes Taylor Saucedo had a nice outing. Um and then that was a couple I think it was a couple days ago. And then Taylor Saucedo went on to have a bad outing in today's game. So maybe that cancels it. Maybe that cancels <laughs> it out a little bit. Um <laughs> so um, uh Yes, yes it does so cancel. Kind of cancels that out. Um But but it's not just been Saucedo from what I've been seeing and maybe I'm I'm jumping the gun here on you but um the pitching staff hasn't been um very crisp you know the start of spring training um Sacedo's not the only one getting lit up um you know Marco Gonzalez had a really bad first outing George Kirby had a very bad outing against the Rockies you know and and um you know today we kept it 2-1 for a long time and I think the Cubs ended up winning 6-2 and Sacedo had a you know a hand in that but I mean he's not the only one and it just I don't know is there is there cause for concern in your mind with how the pitching is right now or is this you know another one uh, take it with a grain of salt it's only spring training um for me if it was like uh if it was like giving up multiple walks per inning and like 
not being able to get strikeouts or anything like that. Those would be the things that get concerning to me more than just like kind of giving up hits hits. I know that kind of sounds weird, but like, and maybe in Marco Gonzalez's mm-hmm. case, I maybe might feel different because Marco Gonzalez is a little bit of a more soft thrower, but like, um, you know, Logan Gilbert was facing a pretty good lineup when he went out there and kind of got shelled. Um, Logan Gilbert was facing the Padres, but he was also trying the splitter, tried a new pitch um, and also his first spring outing. So and still got a couple strikeouts out of it. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, I, I it's difficult for me to gleam a lot of from this. Maybe George Kirby, the fact that George Kirby, uh, the Rockies in my mind are just not a. I think the Rockies are going to struggle a lot this year. So maybe that was a little concerning to see how he performed against that. But um yeah, it's really difficult for me to try to try to uh, make a big jump in my mind to say, like, there's big parts of this that I'm worried about. It's like Luis Castillo today um, did give up two. I think gave up two runs today, but um, struck out four and all very good, solid strikeouts like the strikeout portion, like the making sure they can try, kind of con- control walks, control the zone and the strike zone. Like, I feel like everybody's done a really good job at that so far. Um, and those are the, the, those are the things that I think stick out to me more than maybe even giving up kind of runs or base hits or home runs at this point. Right. So, um, yeah, I don't, I, I, I wouldn't call any of this really concerning right now, but, um, I would say that like, there's been a couple of bullpen arms that, um, I think maybe aren't going to probably make the cut on a lot of this. Um, Easton McGee has been really kind of hit around a lot and, when you're kind of not on the team or when you don't have a guaranteed spot, the the outings that you have in spring training, especially on the pitching side, really, really matter. And um, Easton McGee is probably one that um, probably not going to make the team. Matt Brash has had kind of a rough thing. Matt Brash is going to be on the team, obviously, but Matt Brash has also had a rough go of things. Um, Isaiah Campbell's had a rough go of things. But um, yeah, kind of a mixed bag. I think with the, with the established starters that we have, less concerned about them, the guys like Easton McGee and... Uh, maybe like Taylor Saucedo, a little more concerned about. But uh, what about you? Anything from the pitching side that sticks out? Mm, I think we kind of talked about this before we started. Um, you know, a lot of what we're seeing probably isn't going to happen in Seattle. You know, knowing that Seattle's kind of a pitching park, some of those some of those hits are going to die a little bit better. You know, not going to be extra bases. Um, you know, and the ball just doesn't carry as much in Seattle. Would you label Peoria as like a a hitter's park, you know, from what you see? Um I would label it I would label it as a hitter's park. I mean it's meant for mm-hmm. you know, I think it's meant for more minor league development than anything else. So um mm-hmm. yeah, I would put that I would put that as a as a as a hitter's park down there in uh down there in Peoria. Yeah. I'll also look it up real quick. Well, yeah. You know, if 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 they're pitching in a hitter's park, you know, obviously hitters are going to succeed because, you know, the dimensions or the elevation or stuff like that. So um, I'm kind of taking it with a grain of salt. You know, you, you are pretty spot on. I don't think Easton McGee's going to make the team. Um, you know, and there's, there's a couple other guys that, you know, either are going to get sent down back to minor league camp or, uh, or, you know, just get outrighted, um, you know, off the team released. So, yeah, um, I think our cause for concern, honestly, for the pitching staff, at least in my mind, 
it won't come until like May 1st, you know, like if, if we get through all of April and we're like, ah, this pitching's terrible, then I think we need to throw up a, you know, a cause for concern. But uh, people still, you know, they're still working on getting accustomed to pitch clock. Um, they're still working on, you know, the defense is now not, you know, you used to be able to shift. The defense is not going to be where you it was last year. So that in turn, that alone is going to account for some more hits, you know, some more balls, you know, through the gaps and stuff like that, or through the sides of the infield. So, um, you know, like I said, I, I think my cause for concern will go up May 1st if we don't turn it around. Yeah, and I think you made a good point of um, it's a new game in a lot of ways. So I think guys are getting used mm-hmm. to things, um, getting used to kind of the different rhythm of it all. Um, some guys are trying out new pitches. Some guys are just shaking off the cobwebs. So um, there's mm-hmm. a lot of this that um, doesn't really concern me. Like I said, I think Mark Gonzalez's outing might be, might have been the first one that he had in the season might be the one that kind of sticks out to me a little bit more than the others, but um, I don't, uh, yeah, not super concerned about a lot. I still like Luis Castillo today, watching him pitch um, four strikeouts that he had, even though he gave up two runs was still looks solid in my mind. Like um, I'm super excited to see the rest of his spring and how he comes out. And um, I think in addition to that, right, it's a little interesting that, um, I feel like Prelander Baroa and Bryce Miller have kind of stuck out as a couple of standouts to me on the minor league side of the pitching thing. So um, it's a little mm-hmm. interesting that guys maybe that are used to the pitch clock or some of these different rules might be better accustomed or used to the game right now. So um, yeah, mm-hmm. I think both those guys uh, are also, you know, I think on the good side of the pitching look pretty solid. So um, yeah. Um, moving on, you got, you've got a note here, you know, um, you know, you, you really talked the praise of Cade Marlowe, um, outside of today, I, I, again, with the shoddy camera work, I thought he was the one in center. I know Leone's, uh, Leone's Martin was playing left. So I think he was in center at the time. I think he had a, an error too, just not being able to find the ball up in the sun. Um, but he's been looking decent, um, leading, uh, good di- plate discipline, draw and walks. Um, and you put in here, he's leading among the players looking for a roster spot and plate appearances, um, giving him every shot to make the team. Do you think he makes this team with what he's shown so far? Like if we were to go into the season today, would he make this team? So I think that he would. I think that he would. And I think and I, I called out the reason, the reason I put plate appearances there is like, we're talking about spring training stats and how much they matter and what have you. And maybe some of Jerry clinic stats don't really matter, but like, and then maybe some of them are inflated, what have you. But I do think plate appearances are important because like, that's a deliberate, you know, intent by Jerry, by Scott, by Justin, right. To try to give a player as many opportunities as possible. And I think Cade Marlowe is Mm -hmm. in plate appearances is right behind like clinic, Julio and Eugenio. Then it goes Cade Marlowe, right? Like they're giving Cade Marlowe every chance to win this. And that think that means that they think that Cade Marlowe has a lot of potential to, to make the team. So <clears throat> I think mm-hmm. right now with the questions around Tommy La Stella, um, I think Cade Marlowe makes this team. 
I think he's he's the front runner for it right now. I think I'm I don't even know who else would I would probably call out right now. Maybe Cooper Hummel is getting close on it. Uh, maybe if Evan White comes back a little healthier because um, he kind of sat out a game, um, and I think Evan I think Evan White might have a role to play in that because he can play a little first base and a little outfield, so there might be more defensive help that Evan White can provide. But um, I think right now Cade Marlowe is a good fill in for Taylor Jamel. Um, and, uh, you know, he's also somebody that I think he's in his age 25 season. So, you know, I think the prospect status is a little something that's, we're not as, you know, not as worried about with him. So, um, right now he's the guy I would put up first, um, drawing walks, hit a home run today. And, you know, he's, he hit a triple, I think previously hit another home run. So I think in my mind, he's the guy I would, uh, he's the guy I would put above the others right now. Okay. Okay. I I don't know. I like the start that Mike Ford got off to, but he kind of tapered off a little bit. Uh, Cooper Hummel, I don't think had a great start and he's coming into his own. Um, I would, I'd probably pick Cooper Hummel at this point, you know, just because Cade Marlowe in my mind is not really sticking out, but I wouldn't be mad if Cade Marlowe made the team mm. just because, you know, he is put in the work. He's putting in the effort and trying to show him, you know, hey, I deserve a spot on this team. I could see, you know, in theory, someone like Mike Ford making the team and then like May 1st, Mike Ford's hitting 200 or less. You release him and you you bring up Cade Marlowe, you know, or, or Cooper Hummel. I could totally see that being plausible. Yep. You know, I, I don't think it's a worry. You know, it's not like the pitcher, pitching side of things where it's like, I would leave Bryce Miller down in the minors until May and then bring him up. You know, I, I it's obviously not like that to limit innings, but you know, um, yeah, he's been, he's been good. He's been looking decent. Um, he's, he's certainly up there. I, I don't know. I guess I haven't been watching too many games to tell with him too either, you know, just because of the broadcast, you know, well, let me ask. So, I mean, yeah. I'm I'm thinking like the you know, one of the things I think Tommy Lestella gave was pretty good position eligibility or position um, versatility, maybe. And the only thing I'm thinking of right mm-hmm. now is um, if Ty France, Ty France obviously has been injury prone. We saw it last year had some issues with injury. He look he's looking much better now. But like, is Dylan Moore the backup first baseman right now? Right? Like, I'm trying to think if. I feel like Tommy Estella was supposed to fill that role. And I think that, um, yeah. Where do they go if Ty France has to sit out a game or two? I could see them honestly, in my mind, um, isn't Mike Ford a first Mike baseman? Ford is a first baseman. Yep. First off. Yeah. So like, I think he would be the guy that gets the shot at least for the first month of the season to see if he can take it. But, um, I could see someone like Cooper Hummel, you know, if they don't think Evan White's ready for, um, major league roster right now. I can see Cooper Hummel getting like reps at first, maybe because he plays catcher and outfield. I mm. mean, what kind of switch? Like, tell him, hey, we've already got enough catchers. You're not catching anymore. Spend your time at first base. You know, I don't see why that would be too hard of a transition. I guess okay. in a grand scheme of things. Um, yeah, Evan White. You know, first base. Yeah, Kate Marlowe doesn't fill that role though. 
that's what could put his his roster spot in jeopardy. If we need to look for a backup first baseman, I don't think Dylan Moore. I think Dylan Moore's set. I think him and Wong, unless Wong gets hurt or something, he is at second base. He's up the middle, second or short. He's gonna spell both him, you know, Colton Wong and JP. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I can see Cooper Hummel getting getting some reps there if they can, you know, train him to be a first baseman. Mike Ford, I honestly, if I'm a betting man, I think Mike Ford is the backup first baseman, at least for the first month of the season. Like, I see him getting one more shot, and then them telling him, you know, hey, if you don't, you don't produce now, we're, uh, you know, kind of ending this relationship. So. Yeah, and I, yeah, I, and, and I will add like. The I think the easy answer is Evan White, right? Like Evan White, if Evan White, um, he and he's had a little bit of a struggle so far. He did barrel up a good ball recently, I guess a couple of days ago. But I feel like Evan White is like the he solves a lot of those problems. But um, I'm also, mm-hmm. yeah, I also don't know what to feel, how to feel about Evan White as well. So um, we'll see if he can get some better at bats and what have you there. But if you're talking about defensively. Absolutely, you would want Evan White anywhere on the field. Yeah. Well, how's how's he been looking in the outfield? Because I mean, he is legitimately a former Gold Glover. You right. know, he won one in the COVID shortened season. How's he been looking in the outfield? Like, I haven't seen him in the outfield. Yeah, yet. so I think I don't. He he hasn't played a game in the outfield yet. But um, and I and I think the I honestly think it was like somebody wrote in an article or something like that, that Evan White was taking reps in the outfield, right? So I don't think he actually has any, um, you know, game experience in the outfield right now. But um, just given how good he is defensively, I mean, it's difficult for me to think that somebody that plays gold glove defensive first base can, you know, take over left field and be a really good defensive left fielder. So, um, <clears throat> you know, maybe that's making a jump without me seeing a lot of, the the data to see that or my own eyes watching Evan White play it, but um, <clears throat> I think he could probably play in a couple different places. And I think you know we do have Haggerty out there, um, <clears throat> so mm-hmm. um, and we've seen Dylan Moore I think out there occasionally too. So I think we might be a little bit more set in the outfield with also like AJ Pollock and Jared Kalenic platooning. So um, <clears throat> I think we oh, might yeah. be a little bit more covered in the outfield, but. Uh, yeah, I think there's plenty of opportunity for to get this roster spot. And if it's Evan White, great. If it's Mike Ford, great. If it's Cooper Hummel, great. Um, my my gut is telling me it's Cade Marlowe right now, unless something something really changes. I guess over the next couple days, weeks here. What what's stopping him from just saying, okay, well, we're taking that roster spot and giving it to a pitcher, <laughs> like like. I mean, you you just brought up how many people were deep in the outfield, you know. And honestly, if we're playing, if we've got that four outfield, you would probably suspect whoever's not playing outfield that day is probably DHing. Mm-hmm. You know, splitting time at DH with with Tom Murphy and Cal Raleigh, you know. So you got the outfield set. You got the infield virtually set. You know, maybe, maybe you take it and you. Bring in another pitcher. Well, Gabe Spire but, looked pretty well today. So in your uh, in your quest for a left hander, maybe that maybe that maybe that might solve it. So I'm still disappointed they didn't go get Chafin. The the, the 
contract he got from the Diamondbacks was a great contract. A contract that we could have provided to him. And we didn't. So I'm, I'm kind of bummed by that. But anyways, that that's old news. Small potatoes at this point. Hmm. But <laughs> Anything else in uh, spring training that we should probably mention before we... Uh, we move on. Um, I'm I'm trying to think. I don't know if there's anything major. I think Matt Brash has had some struggles. He's he has somebody that's I think walked a couple and um hasn't looked quite as sharp maybe as he did at the end of the year. Um, but uh, I think in his game against the Cubs that they recently had, um, some of the hits they got the Cubs got against him were pretty soft. Um. He had some close calls, like pitches were close to the zone, but the slider still looked really good. So um, I think mm-hmm. he is somebody where I think maybe to transition into what we're talking about here. Um, when it comes to the World Baseball Classic, I'm definitely going to want to tune into as much Canadian games as possible just to kind of see how Matt Brash is doing, because it's really kind of a, an extension of spring training in some some way. So he's somebody that I'll be uh, mm-hmm. I'll be paying attention to when we when we get into WBC. Yep. Well, that that's probably a good segue for us because uh, the next thing we got, you know, it, it's WBC time. Um, a lot of, you know, Julio's already left the team, gone to the Dominican Republic uh, team. And I can't remember, are they playing down in Miami? Is that where they've got their first, you know, pot of games? Uh, I, thought it was, I thought it was still in the U.S. Yeah, give me a second. Yeah. I'm pulling it up here. Um Give me a second yeah. while I pull it up. But there's there's pods in there's pods in Arizona and there's pods in Miami. Yeah. Yeah. And then there's um, you know, guys like Shoei. He's over um in Asia right now. I think it's Korea. Um he just had a big exhibition game. Um, so you know, stuff is getting started with these WBC teams. So we thought, why not take the time to talk about them? You know, because you know, the Mariners have a few players that we've mentioned before. Um that are on the WBC teams, obviously, you know, Bo just touched on it. Matt Brash with Canada, um, Dominican Republic's got Julio in what could be the greatest WBC team of all time, you know? Um, and then there's a couple others, which, um, I know Bo, you've got on a list that you, uh, you know, you'll mention in a sec, but, um, uh, DraftKings, you know, they released the betting odds on it. Uh, Dominican Republic is is the number one rated team, you know, um, with with good reason. They have U.S. number two, Japan number three, Venezuela number four, Puerto Rico number five. That's your top five. Um, after that, you got Korea, Mexico, Cuba, Canada, Chinese Taipei. That's uh, six through ten. Uh, Netherlands, Colombia, Australia, Panama, Italy. That's eleven through fifteen. Israel, Nicaragua, Great Britain, China, and the Czech Republic. That is 15, 16 through 20. So, um, you know, obviously all the all the press is going to go with the Dominican Republic team. But, um, Bo, do you got that list of uh, Mariners players right now that are, that are going to be in the WBC? Yep. Because I could probably name them all, but yeah. you know, I just want to make sure we got a definitive um, list here. So it's it's Matt Brash, Diego Castillo, Matt mm-hmm. Festa, Harry Ford, Teoscar Hernandez, Milcar Perez, Julio, 
Eugenio Suarez and uh, Blake Townsend. So rounds out the mm-hmm. list there. Um, I think we've chatted about him for the most part before. Um, uh, like I said, I, like I just said, but you know, Matt Brash is somebody I'm definitely interested in following and watching. Um, but mm-hmm. uh, I think to, if we're kind of marking down games, um, I would put um, just immediately this coming Saturday, March 11th is Great Britain versus the United States. So you will be seeing um, Harry Ford in that game. So um, I think immediately mm-hmm. that would be just one to watch there. But um, yeah, I think, you know, a little bit of a breakdown, right? It's kind of like pool play. You've got um, pool A, which is in <clears throat> Taiwan. You've got t- pool B, which will be in Tokyo. And then pool C and pool D are in um, Phoenix and Miami, respectively. So um, I, uh, I I kind of like the WBC. It's a, it's a fun little tournament, and it just means a lot to the players, right? I feel like... Um, mm-hmm. and I think as the, as it goes along, it, uh, it means just more and more. So it's really fun to watch cause it's just, uh, you know, meaningful baseball that starts off in March. Right. And like really meaningful baseball of these players. So, um, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm super excited to watch. Um, I think you've kind of, you've got to got like what bottom team is a team, like what's a team that could shock people. Um, and I think Italy's, uh, I think Italy's a pretty good baseball team, right? They're just the major league baseball is trying to grow the sport a little bit. So they've got a lot of MLB players that are on Italy that have, you know, some sort of familial connection to, to, uh, to Italy. So, um, including Matt Festa, Matt Festa is on including Italy. Matt Festa. So. Yep. Including Matt Festa, but you know, they'd also have Vinny Pasquatino, um, who had a, you know, really good prosper, really good rookie season for the Royals. It'll have Sal Frederick, Dominic Fletcher, uh, Nikki Lopez. There'll be a couple other guys on there that from uh, that you might recognize some names here or there. Um, but it's a really fun team. Mike Piazza is going to be the manager of it, so um, really fun to watch. And then uh, the Czech Republic former form b- before you move on from Italy, former Mariner Chris Norfia is the hitting coach ah, for Italy. Nice, so nice. I find that nice. I find that kind of wild. Nice. So. And, uh, yeah, I mean the Czech Republic, it's a really good story. Just like whoever thinks of baseball in the Czech Republic. Right. Um, so it would be a super fun team to see if they'll, uh, if they'll end up winning a game. Um, Eric Sogard, if anybody remembers, um, that name, he is on that team. Um, so it could be, it could be fun to watch. Um, but there is one player that I do want to keep an eye on and that is, um, Munataka Murikami. I think I'm pronouncing that right. Mm-hmm. Um, from Japan, um, I believe he broke the Nippon Baseball League home run record this last season. Um, mm-hmm. uh, he's a big third base, first baseman, and, and um, he's probably going to be posted in a couple of years. I think he just resigned a three year contract with the team over there. Um, but uh, I mean, you, I mean, who knows? Anything can change in three years, but. I'm, I'm looking at the Mariners. I'm trying to project out like three years. Okay. Ty France might be a DH at that point. Who knows? And maybe the Mariners are looking for some offensive help. So might be somebody that I'm looking at, I guess. That's what I'm trying to say. If I'm, if I'm really, really mm-hmm. projecting here, really, really going on on a limb, right. It'd be, he'd be, he'd be a good fit to be in the roster anyways. But so somebody that I'm watching, um, and I don't know if you've looked at the USA. Um, I don't know if you've looked at the USA team, like I think they're going to have an elite. Mm-hmm. I think they're going to be elite offensively. 
but um oh yeah something absolutely. i just it's it's tough for me to get behind this offense that i guess the sorry i guess it's tough for me to get behind the pitching staff that the usa has and i don't know i don't know how you're feeling about it but like yeah. i feel like this pitching staff would be like middle of the road and or like you know 15th or something like that in baseball at least it's in my mind no offense to any of them but like it's just not this is not as not as good as a, of a starting rotation as i kind of guessed i guess yeah it, any pitching staff that has brooks Rayleigh automatically automatically gets demoted to like middle of the road brooks Rayleigh is a terrible pitcher i replay Dylan Morse grand slam against him all the time <laughs> because it was, it was covered uh, by John boy media um, because of uh, what happened afterwards. But um, yeah, it's a rough looking pitching staff. Um, Devin Williams is probably going to be the closer. You know, I would have to guess, um, you know, then Miles Nicholas maybe is our number one in, for the U.S. I think Adam. I think I think Other Adam Wainwright. Is, maybe I think Lance Adam Lane. Wainwright might be the starting starting pitcher. So I take that for. It, but I, know, I think you're right. I think Miles Nicholas. I, I mean, I I think I like them probably more than Adam Wainwright. But um, yeah, yeah it's uh, I, it's rough, man. Yeah, we we look at this and we think it's rough. But you remember who the hero was. Of the last USA team, Marcus Stroman. So, um, you know, someone could come out here and have a big, a big, big WBC, and it could be someone that we're not even, could be Merrill Kelly, could be Kyle Freeland. Who knows? Good points. Um, But the U.S., the U.S., the offense is going to carry this team. You know, I don't know who, who you walk to get to hit. You know, you got, you know, Pete Alonzo, Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, Trey Turner, Bobby Witt. I mean, the list goes on and on. You got, you know, Mike Trout, FMT, but, you know, um, Mookie Betts, Jeff McNeil, all that stuff. Uh, Cedric Mullins. Yeah. I mean, this this offense is going to carry, carry um, this team. I guess one team, you know, you brought up the U.S. Um, one team I'm kind of – watching out for because it seems like they don't always have the the best roster but they always play well is puerto rico you know um they let me pull up their roster we got you know just offensively um you know javier baez who you know kind of didn't do well last season but sure is going to bounce back but they got frankie lindor um you know eddie rosario MJ Melendez, you know, you got Maldonado and Christian Vasquez behind the plate. Um, and then, you know, we just brought him up. Marcus Stroman, who was the savior for the USC team, you know, in the last World Baseball Classic. He's now on Puerto Rico. So, uh, you know, maybe his magic comes back. Um, you know, on paper, you look at this team and they're not, you know, they got Alexis Diaz, all that stuff. You're like, eh, they'll be middle of the road, but I think that's the team that's probably going to shock people, you know, kind of those mid-tier teams that could potentially make the semis or finals. Um, and then going back to that question I had with, you know, looking at the betting odds, which bottom five team, um, you know, I want to, I want to say Israel, <laughs> like mm-hmm. I, I want Israel to come out, you know, Ian, 
in Kinsler is the manager. Brad Osmus is a bench coach. Kevin Euclid is a hitting coach on that team, you know, and then they've got guys like um, Jock Peterson, which I can't say his nickname that we have for him on air, but, um, you know, Alex Dickerson, Danny Valencia is on the team, Ty Kelly, um, Ryan LaVarnway. That's not, that's a name I haven't seen in a while, you know, so I kind of want them to come out and win a couple of games, you know, just to maybe screw up some pool play, you know, somewhere, but, um, yeah, it's a, it's going to be a fun world baseball classic, you know, and I, as, as much as I want to see Julio do well and, and that Dominican Republic team is probably going to do well, I kind of want someone to, to come in and, and upset them. You know, I want, I want someone to come in and, you know, take down the giants, you know, they're, they're David meet Goliath, which is Dominican Republic. So yeah, I um, I uh, I think what I think something to keep in mind is like Japan kind of goes all out. Like Japan, like Japan, it like the USA, where the USA is not getting like the Corbin Burns or the Brandon Woodruff or like the top top tier players. Like Japan goes all out, man. They've got, I mean, they've got Otani, they've got um, like Murakami, like we said, they've got um Yamamoto who you know these are Yamamoto and they've also got Roki Sasaki like these are guys that are going to be posted at I think in the future over the they're going to make the jump over to the USA but like they're getting like their best players mm-hmm. to play for like this team right and you know I think Nippon Professional Baseball League I think sometimes gets pegged right around somewhere between like a triple a and like a major league level maybe a little bit closer to triple a but like the best of the best right like that's kind of what this team is can definitely play in major league baseball and um mm-hmm. you know they've won it before and uh i think they uh they're kind of my if i if i if i'm if i'm absolutely saying like who i think is going to win right now it's probably dominican republic um, I think Japan has a really, really good shot to win this. Um, they're definitely not an underdog by any means, but I think, uh, you know, don't be surprised if Japan kind of takes the whole entire thing. I guess that's where I'm going with that. So, um, <clears throat> no, I think, uh, for me, I'm, you know, definitely want to watch and see as many Mariner ga- Mariners as possible in this as well. Um, but, uh, <laughs> yeah, the DR is the team to be. And I know that, how do you feel about Vladdy kind of coming out now? I guess Vladdy's kind of, um, kind of got a light injury for the most part, but like, what do you, how, how do you think that affects the DR's chances at all? If, if, at, if at all, I guess, yeah. Uh, I don't know. I think it affects it a little bit. Um, let's see who's on their staff or their, I mean, they got, <laughs> I mean, none of these guys are first basemen, but, um, just infielder wise, <laughs> Rafael Devers, Wander Franco, Manny Machado, Kettle Marte, Jeremy Pena, Gene Segura, Lily Adamez, <laughs> Robinson Cano. Like, I'm sure one of those guys can go man first. You still got an all-star team. Yeah. You know, it, it. this is like, you know, MLB all-star team level talent that is on this team. Like, I don't think it affects him at all. It's going to be a big loss just because Vladdy is who he is, you know, Hits the ball very well, you know, power hitter. So they're use, they're losing a little bit of power. But with the guys that they have, you know, in the wings waiting for, like, inevitably that roster spot or that, that opening 
that starting spot, mm-hmm. mind you, um, to open up. Um, I, I don't think they're going to have a problem filling it. You know, honestly, their their biggest weakness, I think, is catcher in my mind. And even then, Gary Sanchez is, you know, can hit the crap out of the ball. So, um, yeah, I I think with or without Vladdy, they are still the the overall number one team, you know, talent wise. Agreed. So how USA got number two. Is kind of it kind of shocks me because their pitching staff's not great. So but. the the way I like to think about it is like I I think Japan might be a more complete team than the like they they might be a more complete team, but Japan's offense in no way I think matches what the USA is going to have. So like I think Japan might edge out the USA in pitching right now, but like um I mean. That offense for the for the USA could put up the seven eight nine hitters could put up you know they could win the game by themselves night after night so like um, <clears throat> I think there's a very good chance that that might happen too so um, but uh, yeah I think they I think I mean realistically right I think we they, we also played this in the Olympics a couple of years ago it's the Dominican Republic the USA and Japan those are the three powerhouses of of the world realistically right um, and. Mm-hmm. If anybody else really wins outside those three, I think it's uh, I think it's a good story. I think it's a good surprise, and um, I think that would be positive to see as well. I think it's growing the game, and that's ultimately what I think the WBC is for, right? Is to uh, is to grow the game in places where it isn't really right now. So um, it would be it would be great to see somebody else. I think break in there, and um, yeah, we'll see if uh, see who that might be. It'd be fun to watch. Let's go, Team Venezuela. Let's. You want to hop on the Venezuela? Uh, I mean, Eugenio, um, Felix. I'm not really a big fan of Venezuela's second baseman, but um... oh, you know, yeah, that's an automatic. Okay. Never mind. I didn't see him at second base. Never mind. We're we're gonna disregard that. You know, I'm even closing that that okay, page great. right now. Sounds um... good. Sounds good. <laughs> okay, you know, let's let's just top on uh, Team Israel. Team Israel. Team Israel. Let's do Team Israel. Um... I really like Team Australia. If I had to, if I had one gripe, it would be I wish that college players could play in this because my boy Travis Bazana that plays at Oregon State is a is a really good second baseman. I wish he could play on the Australian team, but he's not. So I'll root for I'll root for Australia. That's the team that I'm. The Aussies. That's who's I'm going for, mate. That's the team that I'm rooting for. Yep. That was spot mm-hmm. on there. Good job. <laughs> and they got Blake Townsend. So you know, if I had to pick a team that a Mariner was on. I'd have to go with Nicaragua because that is where Mike Arprez is. I'm pretty sure. I think he was the one Sounds that I right. couldn't find. Yeah. And yeah, there we go. He's going to probably be their uh, starting shortstop most likely. So, you know, I'm, I'm hopping on their bandwagon. You got Australia. I got Nicaragua, Nicaragua and uh, we'll like be good. It. Yep. So, Oh, Bo, I think you had, you know, moving out of that and getting ready to wrap up here. I think you had a trivia question, didn't you? Um, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I did. Yep. Okay. Let me, um, and it's, uh, okay. So let's see here. I just want to make sure. And it's okay. Yeah, here it is. Well, let me pull this up too. 
Um, but who is in in terms in terms of hardness? Before you start this, in terms of hardness, let's say let's go one to ten. How hard this, is this? Question? This might be a little bit of a trick question in a way. I'll okay. call this like a. S- Difficulty, I'll give it like a six, six, seven, somewhere in there, okay. maybe. Okay. Okay. So, in terms, and this has made the rounds before. So, if you might have seen this on Facebook or somewhere, or something like that. So, if you get it off the bat, then we're going to know that you, that you knew it and you cheated. So, um, here's the question um, Who is right now, currently, the longest ten longest tenured member of the Mariners organization. It's on the team currently. Okay, we got to be more specific here. Are we just talking players? Yes. Sorry. Yes, players. We're just talking players. players. Yes. Okay. Um. That is actually a tough one. Now you got me cycling through uh, when people came where or from where. And we talking, I guess, one more clarification here. Are we talking just that they've been on the MLB team or in the organization itself? Yes, that's a, that's a good question. My, my question was part of the Mariners organization. So who has been okay. part of the Mariners organization the longest? There's, I guess there's two, I guess there's two parts of this, right? I'll give you, I'll give you some points. If you can give me the longest tenured Mariner right now. So like who's been a Seattle Mariner on the professional team, right? I'll give you some points for that. And there's a harder question, which is who is the longest tenured member of the Mariners organization that is currently a player. So that's two different players. So who do you got? JP Crawford is the longest tenured Mariner. Hold on. Yep. Yeah, okay. JP Crawford is the longest tenured Mariner, but Julio has been in the organization the longest because everyone else has been acquired from trades. So the second part of it was pretty difficult. Okay. Uh, the first part was the first part. You were very close. The first part you were close. The first part, the first answer is Marco Gonzalez. Marco Gonzalez has been with the team uh, since 2017. Yeah. Yes. I, I knew it was going to be a pitcher. Since 2017. I, that, I, that, that second there was, wait, I'm forgetting a pitcher, and I know it's 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 going to be a pitcher, but I can't think of a pitcher um, right now. And the, the tougher answer, the tougher answer, um, which uh, this is a tough, I guess it was a little tougher than I thought, was Matt Festa. Matt Festa has been with the Seattle Mariners organization oh. since uh, 2016. Wow. When did we sign Julio? Well, I think we signed Julio in 17, and he started playing in 17. 18. Yep. Okay, okay. Wow, Matt Festa. That is kind of a shock. Yep. I knew it was – I mean, just looking at, like – Trying to go through, you know, Gino, we got him last mm. year. Ty France, we got him the year before. Colton Wong, we got this year. JP, JP is a good guess because, you know, he's been there longer than anyone, you know, in the in the starting nine, yep. you know. 
Um, you know, Kalenic got up there a couple years ago, Julio last year, um, T. Oscar this year, A.J. Pog this year, Cal last year, and Tom Murphy. Tom Murphy also would have probably been a good guess. I think he was signed in what, 2019? Uh, Tom Murphy, yes, Tom Murphy would have been a good guess. Um, I'm trying to run through here, like... Uh... <clears throat> There are a couple others like um, Robert Perez has been Robert Perez Jr. has been with the team since July of 2016. Um, like there's a there's a couple <laughs> of guys that have been uh, a couple of minor leaguers have been with the team for a long time. So um, yep. career minor leaguers in the Mariners organization. Yep. Hate to see yep. it. But... Anyways, Bull, I like that question. Thank you for that. And, and hopefully, you know, our fans playing along at home. Hopefully some of you guys got that because I completely did not nail it. So better luck next time. <laughs> better luck next time. Yeah. Uh, Bo, you got anything else before we get out of here? Any, any more pearls of wisdom for our, uh, our fans or me or, uh, I mean, what? no, like I said, definitely try to get, definitely try to watch, uh, Great Britain versus USA on uh, Saturday. Watch some Harry Ford take on uh, take on the USA should be a, should be a good time. So um, definitely try to catch that on mm-hmm. uh, Saturday the eleventh at uh, six p.m. Pacific time. Yep. I'll be working, but probably gonna have enough time at work to at least throw on the game in the background to at least listen to it while I work. So um, yeah, well, let's get out of here. For all of our listeners in the Puget Sound, Pacific Northwest, and beyond, thank you for taking time to listen to another edition of the Forkstown Podcast. For Butchism, I'm Rick Clark, and we'll see you guys next week.